Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Good morning. My name is Paul, and I am a sexaholic. Good morning, Paul. And Ken is with me also. Hey, Ken. Uh, welcome to the panel on what it spiritual connection. Spiritual connection. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ken and I will be uh, speakers on this panel. It says moderator. There's no moderator. In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the essay message, this session will be recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during the session. If you do not wish to be recorded, you may participate by listening. Please do not tamper with the recording equipment. We will begin the meeting with a few moments of silence followed by the serenity prayer. Prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Okay, will someone, does someone have a white book? Can you read the uh, essay purpose on 201? Please. I'm Joe, I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Joe. The essay purpose, Sexaholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. There are no dues or fees for essay membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. Essay is not allied with any sect, nomination, politics, organization, or institution. It's not wished to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sexually sober and help others to achieve sexual sobriety. Thanks, Joe. So, the panelists for this session are Ken and me. There is no moderator. Uh, and we'll each talk for 10, ten minutes about our own experience, and then we will open up the meeting for sharing. And we will ask the person that's sharing to come up and sit in this chair and speak into the uh, recorder here. Um, Guidelines for sharing, because our common welfare becomes first, here are the guidelines for sharing during the meeting. We do not cross-talk. That is, we share with the group as a whole rather than addressing any individual members. We speak in the I, not we or you. We leave other identities at the door, including politics, religion, therapies, treatment centers, occupations, and other 12-step issues. We speak about, and from the essay point of view, our meeting focuses on solutions to our essay approach to recovery. Whenever possible, 
We avoid the mention of titles and authors that are not SA-approved literature. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid profanity, sexual descriptions, and sexually abusive language. In sharing, if a speaker brings up a controversial topic or deviates from our guidelines, the moderator will interrupt the speaker and ask them to honor our request. Please note that your shares will be recorded. In sharing, we encourage you to focus on the topic of the meeting. This is not a check-in meeting. If you need to check in, please find a temporary sponsor, someone with a purple uh, dot on their name tag, after the meeting with whom you can share. We ask those who wish to share to please come up and sit in the chairs next to the microphone in a queue. As one person moves uh, to the sharing chair, the other just moves over and another person takes the empty chair. So that as many members as possible have a chance to share, please limit your sharing to two minutes or less. A stop sign will remind you when we have reached two minutes. Please speak on into the microphone so that those who listen to the recording can follow the discussion. Okay, so the meeting is now open and... Uh, Ken and I will share our stories for uh, 10 minutes, and then uh, we will ask for others to uh, join in. So please welcome Ken. Hey, my name is Ken. I am a sexaholic. I'm a sexually sober since December of 07. Um, you know, the topic is spiritual connection, and, but I read the description, and so it's important. I think we keep that in mind. It is important for the addict to make a conscious contact with a higher power of his or her understanding. We are powerless, powerless alone and must seek divine intervention to overcome our addiction. This means asking God for direction in our daily life. We must learn to listen to God and follow his directions. Panelists will discuss this. Okay, so I heard steps two through two, three, and eleven in there. So that's to me is, is the basis of, of the spiritual connection to start with. So I'm going to read briefly from the big book on page five sixty eight, where it talks about spirituality, beginning at the top of the page, and they're talking about recognizing a higher power. And then it says, most of us think this is awesome of the awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be <clears throat> defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. <clears throat> we find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness honesty and an open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery but these are indispensable and then on page 85 or, um, or, page uh, 85 it says in the little page in the big book it is easy to let up on a spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels we are headed for trouble if we do. For alcohol is a subtle foe. We are cured of alcoholism. We are not cured of alcoholism. We have What we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I always read the literature as it was written, frankly. So anyway, so that's, that's sort of the basis of where we are. So in terms of getting here, for me, first of all, as it says, I have to acknowledge there's a higher power, step two. And, and so now... That's that. And then I have to learn how to deal and listen to that higher power. 
And I do that through a various means of, of the steps, <clears throat> using the steps and actions that are defined in the, in the big book. And it works for me, and it works on a regular basis, and I share it with my sponsees. The big book tells us exactly how to do it. On page 85, it describes, it begins describing step 11. And what does it say? It says, when we retire at night, we review our day. What did we do? You know, how did we do, where were we wrong? Upon awakening, we then think about the plans for the day. And during the day, we are constantly going back and looking at what we could have done more or when we're in trouble, stopping for a moment to pray and meditate and take the appropriate action. So those are the guidelines that I have been provided by the material. And it talks about meditation. And for me, meditation is um, central to my recovery. Meditation is me listening to God. Prayer is me talking to God. I have two ears and one mouth. And there's a message in that story, of course. You've all heard that. Um, And so I tried to spend time meditating and listening to my higher power. And, and, And I can do that in the middle of the day. I can do that in the woods. I can do that at a quiet time. I can do that in a crowd. I've amazed myself before when being someplace like the airport. And I can set it off. I can do it. It's not easy, and I don't do it every day, but I can do it. But it's important for me to have that quiet time. I've had spiritual connections in my life, <coughs> excuse me, in my life, and some of them are, you know, just so profound. They come back to obviously one of the most spiritual ones I had was when my daughter was born. She was the second child, and, and when my first child was born, my son, I was excited. I was a father, and so forth. But when the second one was born, it was a daughter, and. and and it's like, it was, I realized how important this was. And it was just a spiritual thing. And I was just over, I could feel the presence of a higher power. We recently went down to the Keys and did some snorkeling with my, my son, my grandson and my wife and I. And we were snorkeling and I was down there looking at this reef and these, these fish and this life and God creation. And it's, it was like a wave. Something just, it just felt like some washed over me. And I told my wife later, I said, I had such a spiritual feeling of being, of God being there. It was an important part of me just being willing to be present in the moment, which is one of my big problems. I live in the past or the future all the time. Then prayer. And then taking my request to God. And I love the third step prayer. It's not about me, God. It's about what you want me to do. Give me the power. Show me how to get it done. Give me the strength. Not about my list of requests. This is not a Santa Claus request. So I love that. It's one of the many tools that I use to, to go forward with. The 11th step prayer. The 11th step prayer tells me just surrender self. Think of others first. Third step prayer says, what do you got for me to do today? Um, I use other tools like uh, I have daily readings. I read from our literature. Uh, we have a real connection, which is a wonderful piece of literature. I have other <clears throat> tools that I use. I uh, read lots of AA material. I subscribe to AA email, uh, spiritual connection kind of things that are sent out on a daily basis. <clears throat> There's uh, a number of um, well-known publishing companies that provide apps that give daily meditation specifically oriented to sex addicts. And so we don't have to always be looking at AA-related material to get what we need. I find those things to be very helpful. I use My theory is I will use anything that helps me. I don't care where it came from or who made it. 
if it, if it speaks to me and helps me with my program, I'm going to use it. Uh, we have uh, other literature that comes from, uh, from, from uh, like The Courage to Change, which is a, basically an Al-Anon book, which is an excellent source of information as well. I have a book that I read, and I've read, I've read this book five times, uh, three on hard copy, two in, in electronic, and I tell my sponsors to read it. It is not conference approved, so I'm not going to mention the title, but it'll be laying right here at the end of the, of the meeting. Um, so these are some of the tools that I use. But then there's the fellowship. If I'm left to my own devices, I'm only talking to myself, and that's not a very good place for me to be. So <clears throat> I listen to others, and I listen to others talk about their problems because that's where I learn about spirituality. I need I, if I if I if I'm calling you to complain, it's all about me. But if I call you and say, well, "How are you doing today? What's going?" I know you've been struggling with your. <coughs> I know you've got some family issues. What's going on? I'd like to know, and I do like to know. Used to be, I would say, "How are you doing?" And I didn't care. It was just a thing we did in society. But now, if I ask, I really want to hear the answer. And when I go to a, a fast food restaurant and, and a person's there, I look them in the eye and I say, "Hello, how are you today? I hope you have a good day." Now, my sponsor does something that he writes little thank you notes to people at the, at the restaurants and stuff when he, when he leaves something on the napkin. He leaves, draws a little picture and draws says a thank you note. You know, just showing gratitude. And that's a part of the spiritual program. I tell my sponsees, if life were fair, <clears throat> I would live under a bridge, eat out of a dumpster, and be alone or dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. If life's not fair, thank you, God. You know, and so I want to show that through my appreciation <clears throat> and uh, in the way I go about each day. And as for me, like I said, <clears throat> it's all about the third step prayer and the 11th step prayer. And the serenity prayer. Everything I need to know, everything I need to know is in those three prayers. Serenity prayer tells me, do what you can, leave the rest alone. Third step prayer says, I'm suit me up, God, and let me do my work. Love step prayer, how do I get out of myself? And I follow the directions in the big book. I always like to go back to the, the literature. And with that, I'll wrap up. Thanks. <coughs> Thanks, Ken. <laughs> Hello, my name is Paul and I am a sexaholic. And uh, this is a a great topic. Um, So a little bit about myself. I I have been a sexaholic all my life. I I didn't know I was a sexaholic, but um, I had pre-puberty experiences and I wasn't uh, molested or uh, nothing like that. But experiences happened to me pre-puberty which I now look back and say, this is the first signs that you were going in this direction. And as I uh, grew up, uh, I just got more and more into uh, masturbation and pornography to as release. And so ultimately, when I came into the program, uh, I discovered and I was told that the, my emotional state is really what's driving my addiction. And um, my addiction is my drug of choice. And so my emotions are, are really what I need to deal with if I want to deal with my addiction. So pre, uh, pre-program, um, I was religious. I went to church. I prayed to God. Um, and I, I really didn't put the two things together. You know, there was the, the church, me, 
and there was the businessman me, and there was uh, the family man me, and then there was the dark me, looking at pornography and so forth, uh, and going into all that stuff. And I really didn't. Uh, it didn't bother me all that much. I just I wondered about it, but it it it, it didn't bother me. So anyway, uh, eventually. Uh, I had a day of reckoning. Uh, my wife caught me, and uh, we went to a, a marriage counselor, and he listened to our stories, and then he said to me, you're a sexaholic. And I thought, I'm, I'm not a sexaholic. There's nothing the matter with me. So, and uh, he said, no, you, you need to go to SA, and your wife should go to Essanon. And that's what we did. And of course, uh, I was in total denial the first 30 days. I I just said no. The, I, I have nothing to do with. I'm not crazy like all these people, and I'm I'm fine, and I, I don't need to be here. But anyway, uh, I did come. I did keep coming because somebody suggested keep coming to meetings and just listen. And that's what mm-hmm. I did. And uh, I began to think, well, maybe there is something to this. So anyway, as I got into working the 12 steps, I had to sort of readjust my religious thinking. Uh, and I had pre-program, I used God sort of as a uh, helper. You know, please God, uh, get me a promotion. Uh, please God, get me a raise. Please God, can you find a parking spot for me in this lot? Uh, so... You know, I had to learn to, to first of all, stop asking God for stuff and start uh, listening, start meditating, start thinking, and and uh, thank God for the things that I had. And uh, that was difficult in the beginning, and also meditation is very difficult for me. I, I, I can only think of nothing for maybe 45 seconds, and then... Uh, grocery lists start coming into my head and other things start coming into my head. Uh, and I, I wish that I could meditate longer. Uh, but anyway, uh, my sponsor kept saying to me, be still and listen, be still and listen. And, and that is very, uh, true. And, and that's what I have to do now when I get into stressful situations is I have to say, be still and listen. And, and ask God, can you help? What What do you want me to do? How do you want to handle? How do you want me to handle this situation? And then I just wait, and I try not to think about things. I just try to wait and uh, see if a solution will come. Uh, and and I work on my emotions. I work on I work on stress. I'm a stressful kind of person. And uh, I, I work on containing stress. And I ask God, I now need God to ask him to take my addiction from me and take stress from me. I ask him to take my emotions, my feelings, my uh, impressions away from me and let me feel myself and let me feel uh, reality and goodness and kindness and loving and understanding and uh, all those kinds of things. So what the program has done for me is it's redirected all my issues and uh, emotions 
to understand what they are and to to surrender to my higher power. And the other thing that the program has done for me, which is tremendous, is uh, it makes me understand my uh, emotions and it makes me able to handle uh, situations that I couldn't handle before or, or I would <coughs> let them take their course. And that is what I'm referring to specifically as lust hits. I now recognize lust hits. I, I recognize that this this is happening. And I take action to stop it, to change, to, to cut it off, to uh, ameliorate it. And so I, I find that that is great. And I uh, know the, the tools and the ways to take action for it. I know uh, don't look. Uh, don't stare, don't uh, impress on it, and uh, make a phone call. Uh, Walk away, do anything to change. So usually in situations where um, I'm prepared for it, like when I go to a swimming pool or I go to a beach, I, uh, I, I mentally prepare myself for this situation and and I'm able to handle it where I get into trouble is when it sort of jumps at me like at at the grocery store the grocery store is a bad place for me and uh, you know if someone comes around the corner and uh, is pleasant and nice to me you know my essay brain just goes haywire with it and I just need to uh, calm down and pray to God and pray for the person and just say, God, I have no control over this addiction. Please take it from me. So I find that that works. Um, It isn't easy, uh, but I find that I've been in the program now for seven years and I find it's getting easier. It's a lot easier now to to deal with it. And it's just uh, practice practice and taking the action and uh, praying to my higher power. So, thank you for listening. It's time for sharing. Um, in sharing, we encourage you to focus on the topic of the meeting. This is not a check you read all that report, did yeah. Okay. All right. So it is time for sharing. So those interested in sharing, please come forward. Do not handle the speaker or the microphone or anything, but speak into it. You know, the floor is open for you. Good morning. I'm Mark. Uh, grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, happy to be here today, and uh, really glad to have this topic on the agenda. I was really glad to hear from. Uh, I know we're, we're we do principles uh, above personalities, but it's great when uh, you get to hear people that are living what they're saying. And um, I appreciate both the people that spoke this morning. Uh, meditation and prayer is uh, something I'm not that great at. One of the speakers mentioned that, and I can relate to that. And the other has just worked on it a lot from what I understand. And so uh, uh, just being here, though, and one of the things I think about spirituality is just continuing to do the right thing and continuing to move in the right direction. And I feel like us all being here today and hearing this is a step in that direction. Thanks. Thanks for morning. Morning. morning, I'm Jim, sexaholic. Hey, Jim. 
really grateful to be here. I already picked up a useful tool I can use in my uh, in my daily life. I, you know, I recognize that my sexaholism largely has been driven by my emotional state. That during times in my past when I've been anxious, worried, nervous, fearful, resentful, I've used my sex addiction, pornography, and masturbation as a sedative to try to treat my emotional state. And so in sobriety and recovery, I try to focus on emotional sobriety and and my contact with God, and I forget about the 11th step prayer, which really addresses my emotional state, and it's a great tool for me to use uh, when... uh, when I'm a little bit spiritually off beam. Uh, the 11-step prayer says, God, I'm agitated and doubtful right now. Help me to stop and remember that I've made a decision to let you be my God. Give me the right thoughts and actions. God, save me from fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. That your will, not mine, be done. I think if I uh, can pull out that prayer during times of you know, squirrely, <laughs> squirrely thoughts and anxiety that uh, it's going to help me maintain my emotional sobriety and sort of keep me spiritually on beam. So thanks to the panelists. Thank you both. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Just, just for the record, being an engineer and OCD and an addict, I'd like to correct something I said earlier. I said <clears throat> I was referring to the eleven step prayer, which is the eleven step prayer that I use from the twelve and twelve. Uh, there is another one, of course, and so. But this is the one: the Lord make me a channel of Thy peace, that where there is hatred, I may bring love; that where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness; that where there is discord, I may bring harmony; and that where there is error, I may bring truth. That where there is doubt, I may bring faith; that where there is despair, I may bring hope; that where there are shadows, I may bring light. There, where there is sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather than com- to comfort, rather than be comforted. To understand, than to be understood. To love, than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. And it is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Amen. Thank you for letting me read that. Thanks, Ken. Hi, I'm Bill B. Hey, Bill. Sexaholic. Um, Tremendous uh, shares so far. I couldn't take... My pin wouldn't go fast enough (laughs) to take it all down. (laughs) But uh, I have something that I use, and it's part of essay literature. Um, It's from the Best of Essay, Practical Recovery Tools, uh, A Contract for Sobriety. And I try to use this, and it's helpful. When you get used to it, it only takes five minutes to start your day. There's a check-in. God, I'm checking in. Serenity prayer. Go through that. First three steps. Go through them. I admit that I'm powerless over lust. My life has become unmanageable. I believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. I'm deciding to turn my will and my life over to your care, God. And then the third step prayer. You all know that one. And added to that, he says, repeat, relieve me of the bondage of self until you really mean it. Um, Then commit to one more day of sexual sobriety, no sex with myself, no sex with any other, 
partner, then my wife, from now until tomorrow. My sobriety is a gift only for today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Share any explicit acts of surrender, that is, ways I'm powerless over lust, and broad categories of my disease. I surrender my right to lust in any form. God, remove my lust in depth. I am powerless over people-pleasing. I surrender my power to control the behavior of others. I surrender my power to control the attitude of others. I am powerless over women in all their aspects. And here, if, uh, uh, you know, substitute that women and men, if you have that. I surrender my right to have contact with women today. I surrender my right to be sexually responsive at all. I surrender any fantasies or lust images lingering in my mind. And then the seventh step prayer. And after you get used to it, uh, the routine, it can take just five minutes. If that is something that could be helpful to you, uh, I'll be glad to share it with you. I'll text it to you. I'll give you my email. Uh, or you can find it yourself. Again, that's uh, from the best of essay, Practical Recovery Tools. And it's called A Contract for Sobriety. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm a sexaholic. I appreciate this uh, topic. Um, One of my challenges is uh, I can, like like one of the uh, panelists said, I have I grew up in a religious family. I've been a churchgoer my whole life, uh, but um, I can fake it. That's my problem. One of my problems. I'm powerless over lust, and I'm powerless over me. um, but as the book says, there's no faking surrender. I've learned that. <laughs> learned that the hard way. Um, one of the things I've tried recently is, uh, you know, we talked about meditation, and uh, I've recognized that uh, I just tend to be busy all the time, and I try to, I distract myself with busyness and noise. And uh, there's a there's a little section in the white book that talks about you know noise and how we bombard ourselves with noise, and I. I'm bad about that. Every time I get in my car, I turn the radio on and it's going full blast. And uh, never any time for quiet. You know, it's, there's, you know, quiet time seems like a, a, a real challenge to me. But what I've, what I've, because the problem is I'm I'm always feeding my addiction, whether I realize it or not, with uh, all kinds of things. Noise leads to disturbances, resentment, etc. So. Um, I've just been trying to get in my car lately and just be quiet. And I'm in my car a lot during the day. Just be quiet. No radio, quiet time. And sometimes God speaks to me during those quiet times. Um, I can't hear him very well if I've got the music blaring loud. That doesn't work. Um, so um, my challenge is to let go of my trying to control everything, which I've been trying to do my whole life. Uh, and just, you know, it's a saying we use all the time, but just let go and let God. If I do that, I'm a lot better, a lot better off and have a better chance of uh, being uh, sober and serene. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Jeff. My name's Lauren, sexaholic. Hey, Lauren. Um, reading over this description, like some of the people have shared, yeah, means asking God for direction in our daily life, uh, believing in a higher power in his existence, uh, Step two is 
pretty easy for me, and I expected that step three would easily follow from that. Uh, we must learn to listen to God. Yeah, that part's fairly easy, but then there's a lot of times that I was like, nope, I don't like what you're saying. Uh, I'm just going to, can I, is there another option? Can I ask another friend, see if I like their advice better? That it says, and follow his direction, turn our will over to him. And, man, that was really hard. I had to, I spent a while with the third step prayer, just ending it with, like, may I do thy will today. I can, I can commit to follow God today. And after doing that for several months now, I'm finally getting to the point that I can end the prayer as it's actually written with, may I do thy will always, uh, and you know, trying to make that permanent step of surrender. Uh, so meditation that I read recently that uh, said, you know, whenever I think about lusting, I remember that I've surrendered this problem to God. I've given it away, and I shouldn't reach out and take this problem back from God that I've given to him, wanting to take it back and do it my way again, uh, which didn't work out well the first time and probably won't work out well any subsequent times. Thank you. Thanks, Lauren. Hey, I'm Justin C. I am a sexaholic. Very grateful for our panelists here uh, sharing their time and their uh, stories with us. Um, the spirituality thing for me is, uh, I think each day I just need to be kind of like a today guy, you know, for me, the, the sobriety has been difficult at times and it's, uh, it's complicated by my desire to just graduate or to be okay today, um, on my own, which means I'm disconnected. If I'm on my own, I'm not connecting spiritually, so I'm kind of like opposite of what this whole thing is talking about here. Um, I can't do that. Um, so it's helped me a lot to hear other members share that um, they just need to believe that they're different than other people. I need to believe I'm a different kind of person, and I need to be connected spiritually to God and others. Um, and that, uh, you know, is part of my step one that has been difficult, uh, but I've been growing um, this year a lot. Um, and so it means that, yeah, I need to be connected to God and others every day, and I'm never going to have it. Uh, one thing that Roy K. shared, um, I believe it's in the white book, but, uh, you know, it only happens one moment uh, of deliverance at a time with the lust thing and also with my personal defects. I don't get protection from tomorrow's lust or compulsion to act out or obsessions, you know, personal defects, even later today, like because of my connection here, I'm connecting with you guys. It's awesome. But I don't get like a relief from that in advance. I don't go in and just feel like, oh, man, I'm totally liberated. I've got this. You know, I can put up a shield asking God to protect me by prayer and um, certainly being quiet and Asking God, God to come and fill me with, with His thoughts and direction helps, but um, it's it's a one moment kind of thing for me. If I'm present in the moment, then when when the problems happen, I can say, "Okay, God, I'm I'm having a problem. Be present with me here, and I can ask for help. I can I can pray and call and pause, um, and that's that's uh, the beauty. Beauty, just like uh, the 
first member was sharing about um, just the beauty of that spiritual connection um, um, in nature and in other ways. Uh, I need to be present and ask God. Thank you. Good morning, I'm Lee. Carlos uh, over last sobriety date, uh, December 29th last year. So I just wrote what I was going to say to make it helpful. So, um, so I've been reflecting on the past recently, uh, as this is something I've chosen to work on this year. And I know the only reason to reflect on the past is if it can be helpful in not repeating it. Last year, when I had lost almost five months of sobriety, I had started to edge God out, also known as ego. Uh, and it was like, and during that time, it was like going into the abyss for three months. I was, it was a very dark time. Um, and uh, to reflect on this subject, I've started having a spiritual connection every day since January the 1st this year. Uh, and I love the practice. As when I do it, it takes the focus on growing my spiritual connection and the focus off of myself. When I don't do it every day or don't want to or, or uh, want to lust, I, I have to be reminded uh, of the abyss during those three months mentioned earlier. Thank you. I'm Ed, I'm a sexaholic. Um, so, uh, as far as spiritual connection, uh, I could probably talk more about spiritual misconnection. <laughs> um, because, uh, and just the other day, I was supposed to have dinner with my brothers on Thursday night. I totally forgot it. And they called me, hey, are you on your way? And I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I just completely forgot. I did not set an alarm on my phone and uh, felt really bad about that. And uh, so later I texted them and said, uh, that won't happen again. I'm sorry. I really missed you all. And uh, I'll set an, an alarm on my phone for the next time. And, um, so, and we were going to celebrate one of my brother's birthdays. And, uh, and so I said, happy birthday to him. So the three brothers, two of them texted me, one did not. What did I obsess on? The one that did not. (laughs) And, uh, you know, don't you know how much I need this approval? You know, I mean, come on, at least say, you know, thank you or whatever, you know. Uh, so there's my spiritual misconnection. You know, I'm making my brother my higher power at that point, and uh, and I'm 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 seeking his approval or his whatever and his connection, and uh, and it. So then I'm checking in on social media. He's logging into social media, so he's obviously you know connected to his phone. He sees my text, but he's not you know so he's ignoring me. That's what he's doing, and. Um, and so then I realized, hey, I'm checking my social media too, and to check on him. And it's like it's just so easy to make somebody or something my higher power, and that spiritual misconnection. And uh, as I'm checking my email, then up pops uh, a thing about uh, why meditation is so important. And I'm like, well, there you go, you know, and uh, and that got me back on track. Uh, that's one of those is it odd or is it God moments, you know. And uh and so since then it's uh yeah, it's it's like I can just accept that that my brother will not 
text me or maybe he will. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, it doesn't have any teeth on it, you know, because uh, I made um, made that turn to the right spiritual connection. So, thanks. Thanks, I'm Kathy. I'm a sexaholic. And um, I appreciate your whole service, and I thank everybody in Atlanta for putting on today's program. Um, some ways for spiritual connection for me. Uh, I think the number one is it the main way I connect with God is when I'm in a lot of pain. I turn to God because when things are going well, I just tend to like you sit in the corner and I'll call you when I need you. <laughs> so <clears throat> because that pain brings me to God, God's allowed a lot of pain in my life because he does want to spend time with me. And I'm trying to learn to grow and including God more often in my life. And um, the serenity prayer is a a tool that I use and is very meaningful to me. Um, I can remember one time in the middle of the night having so much anxiety and disconnection and stuff that I was saying the serenity prayer so rapidly I realized I'm not doing it, you know, I'm not really connecting with it at all. So I literally had to slow down and say each word and then spell it out loud Mm. to slow me down so that I could experience it. And that was really, really helpful to me. Um, Nature, I connect with God a lot that way, especially at night when there's a clear sky and I can see the stars and I can just stand outside for a minute or maybe pause when I get out of my car coming home and just take a deep breath and look at it. And rather than feeling insignificant, I just feel such peace like, okay, if I believe God created all this and can manage all this, he can handle my little problems. (laughs) And um, in in contrast to the whole universe. So um, that's really meaningful to me. And um, also working the second step was really significant to me to realize, and I heard it mentioned earlier, how I make other people my higher power and my people-pleasing character defects. And um, that was just really a spiritual experience for me, and I still return to that That as a reminder of <clears throat> who my higher power is. And just quickly, I'll just tell you, after my husband and I were married maybe three or four years, we were going on a trip to Myrtle Beach, which was business for him, but we would have some time together. And I was so excited because we'd never been to the ocean or the beach together. And I was super excited, and I had I never realized I have expectations until they're not met, and then I get the pain of it and realize that I had expectations. So I had created this whole thing in my mind of how magnificent and romantic and wonderful this was going to be and it it was not at all and we were not connected and um when we first got there we were staying someplace that was not right on the beach but within walking distance and i'm like please let's just go and take a walk and it was evening and i'm thinking this is going to be awesome and he was walking like 10 feet in front of me and was like totally we were not communicating or connected. There was no hand holding barefoot through the beach with the whole thing, you know. And and I was just so hurt and crushed. And I was like, and I said a few sarcastic things like, I left my burka at home. Um, (laughs) So, and then I, I just heard God's voice, and this makes me want to cry. And and I just heard God say, I'll walk with you. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to see and hear the, the the nature and the sound of the water. And off in the distance, there was a storm and there was lightning. And, and I felt so connected with God 
because of the pain of not being connected to my husband. And so during that weekend, it kind of persisted, this disconnection with my husband, but that drove me to connection with God. And so Sunday morning, I got up really early. I'm sorry. And um, so... I took I took a picture of the sunrise. I ended up having it blown up, and I put it in a beautiful frame, and it hangs over my bed as a reminder that God is my higher power, not my husband. Thank you. I'm uh, Tim. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, Friday dates, November fifth, two thousand twelve. Uh, great topic. Uh, you know, when I was as we were talking, um, as Ken and Paul were discussing what was coming to mind for me in the in that process was just a good reminder that um, this disease I cannot solve this disease I cannot figure it out I and I certainly can't fix it um, and that only um, I have a daily spiritual reprieve and uh, Ken read that and it was a good reminder for me because sometimes um, I get up, I get going, and um, I have a, a, a pretty consistent um, prayer and meditation time. But it's easy for me sometimes to forget that this disease is always waiting for me to just start to slack off and just start to coast. And my sponsor told me over and over again, you only coast one direction. And that's downhill. <laughs> um, and so that reminder that this is a daily spiritual, I have a daily spiritual reprieve. And it's a good reminder that how important this is. Uh, it's important that I wake up 20 or 30 minutes earlier than I, than I would to get out, the, you know, to, to bathe and, sh- and get out the door. And, and one of the other things always, uh, Love, it's a, as my pastor says this, he's like, you know, you don't have time to take a shower, but you do. Uh, <laughs> and, and, it, and I think about that is, is that, you know, sometimes I think it's like, oh, I don't have time. I got to get to work. I got to do these things. But then if I can reflect back and start with step one and that remember that I'm powerless, then it helps me to, to, to think about step two, which is I need a power greater than myself to, uh, to solve this problem. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Tim. I'll read a uh, member of SA Share. It's out of the Step Into Action, uh, page 163. My sponsor told me two things about the 11th step. First, he said it's not prayer or meditation. It's prayer and meditation, which means I practice both. Second, he explained to me that he couldn't tell me what meditation is, but he could tell me what it's not. Meditation is not about me. It's about getting rid of me and my head and making some space for God. I was taught to start slowly. At first, I meditated for no more than one minute each morning. After a while, I increased it to two. Currently, I try to meditate for five to ten minutes in the morning. I began to just sit and try to watch my thoughts go by. As soon as one thought left, another popped in. Gradually, I began to notice a tiny little space in between the thoughts. Just a moment of silence would pass before another thought barged in, and getting those little bits of quiet did wonders for me. Little by little, those moments of silence became longer. I was creating more space in my head for God, and I have learned in my recovery that less of me and more of my higher power is a very good thing. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul.
Good morning. I'm Jason. I'm a sexaholic. And uh, thanks again for the shares this morning um, and the topic. For me, it's uh, I have a routine, um, which is good for me, is uh, getting up in the morning, doing some prayer, doing some meditation. And um, it's hard as, as well for me just to have that quiet time. And I'm hearing kids out in the in the house yelling and screaming, getting ready for the day. And, and I really find a difference for me when I start my day like that. The other thing I do uh, is I have a daily renewal call with uh, a couple other people in the program. And to me, that's been a lifesaver because for me, it, it's it's a one day at a time program. And, you know, I can't store it up. I can't, you know, come here all day and then tomorrow is going to be good. I have to do it again tomorrow. And so I find for myself just having that daily renewal call gets me started every morning um, and allows me to slow down before I start up again. And um, I find that is a, is a tool that I didn't have before, and it allows me to get honest and, and connect with others and connect with God. Um, the other thing is, is I didn't come from a religious background at all, and so this prayer and meditation thing for me was completely new. I, I didn't have any experience. I didn't have anybody to teach me um, to do any of this stuff. So, you know, the people in these rooms were the ones who taught me how to pray, how to meditate. And um, it's probably good for me that that's that's the way I learned, Um, because I find for me that that time of meditation is increasingly getting longer and longer. Um, not super long, but I, I find that it uh, it helps me a lot throughout my day. And I could also use it at work, which was a new concept in the last couple of years as well, is when I, you know, when things are good, that's stuff that I'm doing. And when things go bad, that's God's work, obviously. And so what, what I try to do is I, I do have issues every day that come up and I don't know the answers. And, and, and at times, not every day. At times, I'll slow down. I'll be like, God, what am I supposed to do? And rather than go to my office with the intention of what can I take away, I try to go into the office today with, hey, how can I help others and be of service and not only be taking? Uh, Thanks. I'm Chris, sexaholic, sober since um, yesterday. I, uh, I, I relapsed a couple of weeks ago and then sort of stayed stayed there for a couple of weeks. And I think part of the reason I stayed was because I was so discouraged that I felt like I'd been doing all the right things and still relapsed. Um, and I'd been doing a, a daily, a morning kind of meditation, spiritual journaling, and then evening meditation, and been going to meetings every day and do, doing all these things, which were, which were all good. Um, but I relate to the previous share one of the previous shares that said, I have this daily reprieve, but then the next part of that is contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual health or program or whatever the term is. Um, and what I realized is that so often for me, I I can start by doing the right actions for the right reasons, and then I'm, I'm somewhat disciplined, so I can usually keep doing the right actions, but doing them for the right reasons becomes increasingly difficult. And, and so I... I I've, learned that I can, or looking back, hearing a lot of the shares, reflecting on what, what kind of went down, I realized little by little as I was meditating, my mind was less on leaning into meditation and more on, um, how can I multitask while meditating? And so, <laughs> <laughs> or, 
Um, you know, and I also relate to the noise thing, right? I, that's also another indicator to me is when I am needing noise to, to, to feel okay, it's a sign that I'm not okay with my emotional state. Um, and, and that often looks very tangible for me. It's, you know, I, I have noise in my ears when I'm running in the morning. And then when I get back from my run, I'm stretching and I have noise. And then I recently bought a Bluetooth for my, 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 um, my shower so that I can continue the noise when I get in the shower and never have to miss any of it and then get straight to work. And I, and I realize that's not necessarily an intrinsically bad thing, but I can tell that when I need that, when I can't deal with the transition from stretching to the shower without having something around me, some noise, there, there's an issue with that. Um, thanks, Paul. So I'm, I'm, I'm really encouraged by these shares because it reminds me that the, the problem has not been that it doesn't work. The problem has been that though I've been doing a lot of the, the, the surface things, it, it became more of a coasting um, despite doing the right actions. So I appreciate um, the shares and thanks for me share. Thank you. I'm Bob Sexaholic. Uh, boy, what a, I just came in in the middle, but the shares are so powerful. Uh, it started me thinking, which sometimes is good. Not always. Um, um, I can remember the first time in sobriety, I was two and a half years sober and my life exploded. And suddenly, within minutes, I was separated from my wife, my kids, my church, uh, my money. And uh, so uh, that is all to say that I found myself um, just hanging out there with uh, with nothing. I felt like nothing. And I thought, well, I'm supposed to have God. I'm supposed to rely on God. I'm supposed to trust God. I'm supposed to feel confident around God. Um, I'm supposed to be really okay with his plan for my life. And I wasn't. I mean, I had found after some meditation and some reflection that my wife was my number one God. My kids were my number two God. My church was my number three God. Work was my number four God. And God was my number five God. And uh, and I joke with God now. I said, at least you were in the top five. <laughs> but it was a very, very difficult time because um, the way I grew up, my earthly father was nothing like my heavenly father was supposed to be. But I knew that in my knower, but I didn't know it in my heart and soul. So I couldn't, I couldn't connect what was supposed to be true to what I could experience as true. Like what I, what I wanted to believe was true. You know, I trusted it was true, but I didn't believe it. And so I really, I really didn't, uh, put those together until I just, I just decided that I had to trust God no matter what. And it was very scary at that at that time, just to say, because I did not really experience God. Uh, I, I didn't trust God. I didn't experience God. So it was just so, it was so rough. And I was, um, I was meditating in a church. It was part of a program, part of a thing at church. And I was just laying on the pew and some guy pretending to be God. The father was talking to all of us in a wonderful, loving voice. And I had never experienced that. 
And so I, so I pretended, I basically fake it till you make it, you know. I pretended that it was true, and then there was a little crack that just happened inside of me. And then once that crack happened, I began to open up, and I just had to trust God, and so I just, I just started to. I just, I just made a decision that I was going to, you know, turn my will and my life over to the care of God, as I understood Him. So, thanks. Uh, let's see. That's all the time we have. Uh, thank you for participating. Uh, anything that you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participants. The principles of essay are found in our 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. This is an anonymous program. Keep the name, address, phone number, and anyone you meet or learn about an essay to yourself. And what you say here, uh, let it stay here. Remember, we never identify ourselves publicly with essay on the press, radio, TV, or film. Neither does anyone speak for essay. Please, everyone, in your uh, program, you have a sheet, a uh, uh, survey sheet. So at the end of each of these sessions, while it's fresh in your mind, please uh, check off your feelings about the session and write any comments. We need this information because, as you know, here in Atlanta, we're going to run the International Convention next January. And so your comments and your uh, suggestions are important to us so that we can have a successful uh, program in, uh, in January. So thank you for that. And after this meeting, there's a... 15-minute break, and then we're going to have a, a general speaker session. So uh, let's stand, and uh, I guess not hold, maybe not hold hands, but we'll spiritually hold hands. And uh, how about the uh, third step prayer? A moment of silence for those suffering inside and outside of these rooms and the people that we have harmed, and the people that have harmed us, including ourselves. Third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as I will. To lead me in the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.